not a great way to start. I haven't even eaten yet, and I'm burping. But hey, what's up, guys? Minero Mateo. How are you guys doing? Uh, a couple housekeeping things first off. I want to say thank you to everybody who came to Odyssey after our video yesterday talking about the censorship going on on YouTube. Uh, I saw that a couple of you have transferred over. Thank you for coming by. Uh, and an even bigger thank you to somebody who donated some of those tokens that I need to upload some of those videos. Lizek, I believe your name is. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, so I will be working on that later tonight to get those videos uploaded and ready to rock. And so uh, there's that. I saw that somebody came to follow me on Rumble, and I guess a Rumble is a subscriber, which is weird to me. But yeah, we're doing that. Uh, somebody had mentioned BitChute. Rick, I believe that was you. So we will look into that. Would you guys let me know if you would uh, watch my videos on BitChute? I mean, I've tried to use BitChute before, and it's kind of clunky. So that's why I didn't really make the move over there. And then Matt, he was talking about doing some streams. And I think that next Sunday for our Sunday stream, we will do that. So uh, let me just see if I can get the tech going. Let me see if I can figure out the labyrinth that is the technology in my mind. I'm not a tech guy. Again, I'm a, I'm a tax accountant. Uh, I'm a numbers guy, but I'm not a wires, computer digits guy as much as I am to Monero. <laughs> like, me being into Monero is just like super paradoxical, right? But uh, we have a lot to talk about in regards to Monero today. Now, some of you had sent me... Some of you had sent me this John Oliver clip to check out that happened, I believe, last night. And uh, he was talking about our lovely Monero. And he was giving it some slack. He was, uh, you know, slack not in the good way. He was uh, hating on a, a little bit. He had some rather negative things to say about it, um, saying that it's comparable to somebody going to buy a bathtub that is the shape of a human body. Because, like, the... The assumption is that if you use a private cryptocurrency, you're a criminal, which is ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. If it's not private, it's not a currency, as we talk about every single video on this channel. <laughs> like, if it's not private on the base layer, it can't be fungible, which means it can't be a legitimate currency. Does John Oliver talk about cash and the U.S. dollar and being related to criminality? How about the fact that we just spent... One to two trillion dollars in Afghanistan, and the whole thing collapsed in three days. You want to talk about criminality? <laughs> I mean, that's that's beyond criminal. That's like a crime, not only against humanity in, in the sense that what we did to the Afghans over there was terrible, but like we got ripped off. We got ripped off a trillion dollars, and we lost many American lives. And so, I mean, they're heading on Monero, which has a market cap of about $5 billion. I think the cash flows per year for Monero are like, you know, a couple billion. So it, it's ridiculous that they're doing that. But you, you guys know why they're doing that, right? The transition from Bitcoin into these public blockchains to Monero is starting. Like people are starting to trickle in. People are starting to figure this stuff out. And as we're going to go through today, like it's only a matter of time before people wake up and are like, holy cow. <laughs> I got to get out of here. I got to get out of Bitcoin. I got to get out of all these public blockchain cryptocurrencies and get into Monero. Now, there's going to be a trickle in. Monero is going to gain against Bitcoin. And then there's going to be some critical threshold, which is hit, where the people who don't understand why Monero is getting against Bitcoin aren't going to care. They're just going to be like, whoa, this is a trade pair to trade. And so then they're going to get to Monero. And then look, guys, these other privacy coins here. Let me just pull up my trade ogre. Yes, we love trade ogre here. I don't think it's illegal yet. 
But um, yeah, these coins are going to take off. This entire industry, this entire sector of crypto is going to go nuclear. Now for me, um, you know, I like these top three. I, I don't really mess with these ones down here. I dabbled with PRCY a little bit. Um, there may be something there, but it's a proof of stake coin. I'm not exactly sure how the security and the privacy work in regards to that. Um, but look, these top three, easy, easy. Now, this is not financial advice, but yeah, these are these are solid projects. Of course, Monero, we love Monero. Pirate Chain, the favorite here on Trade Ogre. And then there's Darrow. Check out Darrow. We're going to do a video on that later. At some point, I'll, I'll do like a research operation. Maybe that's one of those things I'll put onto uh, Patreon when I get that thing going. But uh, Dara is a great project. Um, but yeah, they're going to come after Monero the more traction it gets because that is the currency that the governments are truly worried about. And they haven't come out against it to ban it because that would it would shine too much of a spotlight on the utility of private cryptocurrencies. And it would make Bitcoin look worse if they did that because if they banned some cryptocurrencies rather than some other cryptocurrencies, the people that are in Bitcoin, the people that are in some of these other blockchains in an effort to try to, you know, go toe to toe with the central banks and the sovereigns for dominance over the monetary system are going to be like, wait, why did they want to ban this one instead of this one? And then they're going to think to themselves, well, if they ban this one, this one has to work a little bit, right? This one has to work. Maybe it works better than the one that we're into. Maybe the one that we're into isn't even anonymous because a lot of people who are into Bitcoin think Bitcoin is anonymous. <laughs> I mean, those people are way behind the curve. And as we're about to go through here, it, it it's crazy to me how ahead of the curve that we have been. And we've been honestly too ahead of the curve, frankly. It's, it's starting to spook me that the things that we talk about on this channel like a week prior end up becoming true and then more some a week later. So just check this stuff out and just let me know if any of this sounds familiar. And it's actually worse than we had thought. It's worse than we had thought. And we're about to go through this stuff and you're about to see why. So this was on Reddit. This was on the Monero Reddit, another reason to use Monero. So somebody had received a notice from Gemini, which is an exchange and they're basically accusing him of illegal activity. Now, we talk about this a lot on the channel. Uh, Bitcoins can be tainted uh, based on the relevance they have to other addresses that are involved in quote-unquote illegal activity or activity which is suspicious. So if you receive these tainted Bitcoins, or maybe you send your Bitcoins to an address that they consider high risk, it may not even be tainted per se, but it may be classified as quote-unquote high risk, which causes them to look into you, then they are going to send you something like this. And they may accuse you of illegal activity, may get caught up in things. And that is not good. That is not good. So let's read this. It says, uh, he wrote over it, so it's hard to see. You have transacted with wallet addresses associated with high-risk exchanges. And I think he had sent Bitcoin from Gemini to TradeOgre which is literally something I did today. <laughs> so, and you're about to see why I just don't care if they know that I'm going to trade ogre because they track it when it goes off the exchange too. So uh, we'll get to that. High risk exchanges may have a reputation for being used in criminal activity or being closely associated with risky services such as dark net markets, mixing websites, which we went through in another video or other illicit activities. Guys, I wouldn't use mixing websites personally. Um, not financial advice again, but we went through this in a video. There's many reasons why it's not as safe as you would otherwise think to do that. Uh, 
But quick question. Do you guys think Trade Ogre is involved in anything illegal? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Trade Ogre? No. People are going from Trade Ogre to the dark net? Impossible. It's not like there aren't, <laughs> there isn't every single privacy coin listed on here. <laughs> but um, please explain the purpose of your transactions with these entities and how you are utilizing the Gemini platform. So we talked about this in a previous video. They're going to ask you, A, I, it's right now it's at the point where they're asking you, why are you taking your currency off an exchange and are taking it to something that we consider high risk, quote unquote. But it's going to get to the point where if you want to take your funds out of an exchange at all, or at least you want to take a certain amount of your funds off an exchange, maybe it'll be a fraction, maybe it'll be a percentage, maybe it'll be a strict dollar amount, but they're going to ask you why you're taking your funds off the exchange. Because the exchanges are going to become like the banks of crypto into the future. Like they're being regulated as banks, they're being regulated as brokers, as financial institutions. And a lot of people, they don't even take their coins off the exchange. A lot of people don't even understand that when your coins are on the exchange, they don't even belong to you. Like the, you don't even hold the private keys. The exchange holds the private keys. And yet, you know, people are going to trade from the exchange. They're going to, if they want to buy things, they just, you know, keep it on the exchange. They just, you know, if they're going to a corporation to buy something or they're going to some private entity, uh, they just transfer from the exchange. Because if you're in Bitcoin and maybe you're in other cryptocurrencies, which maybe have higher transaction costs on average, what's the point of going from an exchange to a wallet? Like to a lot of the normies, they don't understand the utility of that. That's just extra transaction fee overhead that they want to avoid. So why not just keep it on an exchange? It seems safe. And so a lot of people keep it on the exchanges. And if that becomes the norm, taking your funds off the exchange may be considered high risk. It may be considered abnormal. So think about that, right? So it says here, uh, Gemini is committed to building a bridge to the future of money. And accordingly, we seek to ensure that our exchange, community, and industry continue to thrive. So I think we'll see as we go into the future how these exchanges are going to operate more as banks, the new banks of the future. So that is something to consider. As a valued member of our community, please continue to abide by our user agreement. We appreciate your interest in Gemini, and thank you for your prompt attention to this matter. Please reach out to us at any time, blah, 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 blah. So... We're going to read some of these comments. These comments are pretty indicative of this underlying issue that I'm trying to tell you guys about. I've run into a similar issue. I was using BitBuy as my first, as my fiat on-ramp, which means you use fiat to directly buy uh, crypto. They contacted me saying that I use my BitBuy account to interact with TradeOgre. I asked them to show me said transactions. I never send from one exchange to another. I always send to my wallet first. So even if you send your wallet first, they're going to track it off the exchange. And from what I've seen from some of these comments that we'll get to, it could be a couple hops away from your wallet. And so not only are they going to track the funds which go into your wallet, and maybe the coins are tainted based on the history of the Bitcoins coming into your wallet, but they could become tainted and you could become implicated if those coins are then sent to a wallet after they leave your wallet, that is associated with high-risk activity or illegal activity. So if you send Bitcoin to somebody, you think you know they're just a friend of yours, you don't know about their underground crazy life, maybe they are buying a bunch of stuff off the 
the dark web or something. Maybe you send Bitcoin to them. Their Bitcoin then goes to a dark net address, and maybe, who knows, it goes from there to some Russian, you know, cyber person. They could come to you, as we're going to see here later, and say, how do you know these people? Are you, do you know that these people are involved in this activity? If these, if these people are involved in this activity, what are you involved in? So that is worse than we thought because we thought it was bad if tainted Bitcoins came from somebody else into your wallet because then it's hard to, you know, go from the Bitcoins being into your wallet onto an exchange to sell or going somewhere else. Maybe it becomes blacklisted. But then <laughs> you could be getting notifications from exchanges saying that they don't want to do business with you because of where your Bitcoins went. <laughs> so this is getting wild, guys. I mean, the more people wake up to this stuff, the more people are just going to be like, yeah, forget about this. This is, this is wild. And we're, we have so much to get to here. Like your eyes are going to be open. You're just, your mind's going to be blown. Like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. They came back and told me it was an indirect transaction through such and such wallet ID. It was my personal wallet address. They are watching people's transactions after coins have left their exchange. Yes, that is happening. And every time we do a video, ladies and gentlemen, we discover a new blockchain forensics analytics firm, which is watching everything on the blockchain. They're all developing their algorithms. They're all advancing in the capacities to do surveillance on these public blockchains. And they're making deals and they're making relationships with governments, with banks, with regulators, and all of these entities. And so the webs are being built. The surveillance system under these public blockchains is being established. And people just, they're not aware of this activity taking place under their feet. Uh, here we go. Yep. Heck, if I recall correctly, recently Coinbase signed an agreement with the U.S. government security services for advanced blockchain analytics services, as we just talked about. This is a fairly common practice. In the same way that a bank will block or close your account because you received funds from someone on their blacklist, or even because a friend sent you some money after they received such a transaction, the major exchanges will do the same. So they're becoming like banks, right? Banks will also close your account if a deposit from a crypto exchange matches certain risk parameters provided by the exchange or outside data. And so, yeah, there's another critical point we need to get to later. Um, this blew my mind last night. You Just stick with me here. To them, the value of their business not being impacted by customers using their services for potentially risky, risky things far outweighs any user privacy concerns. There are companies out there that have the sole role of identifying risky transactions, wallets, and flagging them in their entire history within a blockchain and across blockchains and feeding that data to exchanges that wish to purchase it. And... Who knows? Maybe the governments will subsidize the purchase of this information so that exchanges are then incentivized to pick up this information. Along with exchanges, government security and intelligence services and various inland revenue services will also purchase such data if they can't build their own in-house analytics. And I suspect that this is going to happen because a lot of people in the crypto sphere don't pay their taxes. It's just a fact. And so if you have these governments, which are becoming more indebted by the day and because of what happened last year, aren't having a lot of tax revenues flow into their coffers, they're going to do whatever it is they can to try to get more taxes to come in. And what is, according to the IRS, the best return on investment for their money? Well, going after crypto people. Because um, according to the people in Congress, I forgot who we were looking at, maybe it was Elizabeth Warren, but 
they had said that for every dollar invest, invested in IRS revenue collection or enforcement activity, they get five back. And they had said that with crypto, it's even more than that because most people in crypto don't pay their taxes. And most people in crypto don't even know anything about the tax system. And the fact that these aren't just trading cards here, these are considered property by the government. And so when it comes to trading one crypto for another, when it comes to just buying things with crypto, you have to understand it's not a medium of exchange. It's treated as property, which means you have to determine the capital gain on that to pay tax. And because a lot of people aren't paying the taxes, they're going to employ these analytics services and they're going to track your coins off the exchange. And if you're on an exchange like Binance or Kraken and you're actively trading coins for one another, uh, the ease with which they're going to be able to get you for not paying taxes, you just your mind will be blown. I mean, it's going to be so easy. And a lot of that stuff, they probably won't even need to have people look into. They'll probably have algorithms to determine how much tax you owe on all that stuff. And then if you don't pay it, they'll just send you a notice in the mail. I forgot what the form was. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're going to have to pay that tax. And if you don't, because you're an idiot and you sold all of your crypto so that you could live like Dan Bilzerian for a few months, you're going to be screwed. <laughs> and you know, a lot of people are going to end up in this trap. And so, yeah, government's going to do that to try to get more tax revenue coming in, especially as it become more broke. When I worked, back to the article, when I worked last in the sector, it went well beyond just watching coins that have left in exchange. It involved tracing a coin from minting through to every known owner in trade and correlating that with as much open source data on an individual via their KYC data as possible. So also consider this. Remember that $611 million DeFi hack, which happened with the Poly Network? There were firms which were employed to, tra that, to trace that guy down, and they found out this hacker's IP address and his email address. Now, they're probably figuring out other things as we speak right now. And you have, like, international... Uh, security and intelligence services probably looking for that guy right now, even though I think he's giving the funds back. But it doesn't matter when you do stuff like that and you just completely destroy the credibility of a particular organization. Like, they're going to go after you. And so, uh, yeah, they're able to figure that stuff about this hacker, who clearly knows more than I think any of us here watching this channel, about how to conceal your identity and how to do things on the Internet without anybody knowing what you're doing, who you are. And so... All that being considered, yeah, they know everything. They know absolutely everything about what you're doing with your crypto. And look, guys, I'm not a tech whiz. And when it comes to this stuff, I want to avoid all this stuff. And what's the easiest way to do that? Well, you just get into freaking Monero. <laughs> like as we went into uh, in yesterday's video, just keep it simple, guys. Like we know this is coming. We know this is going to create enormous demand for Monero and some of these other uh, freedom coins, which is what we like to call them here, confidential coins. And so just buy it and wait. Just just get into it and wait. <laughs> like it's, we know it's coming. And in accordance with all the other cryptos in the market right now, Monero isn't moving that much, but who cares? Like that's just more funds that are going into these other coins, which are invariably going to make it into Monero. And Monero is currently building their own DeFi networks with this secret network. And that's going to be huge. They're currently building their own exchange, their own decentralized private exchange called Haveno, which is going to be huge. And so, yeah, that and Atomic Swaps also, like, it's already baked into the cake that Monero and these other freedom coins, these cryptos are going to explode. They're just going to go nuclear in value. Now, with all this other stuff going on, some of these other things we're about to get into, it's hard to 
just it's hard to overstate just how big these things are going to be and just how ahead of the curve we are. So, uh, there's some other stuff down here I wanted to get to. Yeah, uh, this guy says it's going to become a big problem in the next few years. I think it's a big problem right now, and it's going to get even bigger as we move into the next few months, maybe in the next few years. I don't think it's going to take that long, though. Super bullish for Monero. The problem with CoinJoin, which is a way that you can, um, I believe, wash your coins out. Uh, so it's sort of like a Bitcoin mixing service like we went into. The problem with CoinJoin in the KYC AML world is it only works when a lot of people are using it, i.e. if under 50% of Bitcoin is CoinJoined and the average user isn't using it, it's easy to spot and stop. So this is key. When it comes to Zcash, when it comes to Dash, and when it comes to some of these other cryptos where it's optional to use privacy, um, they're dumb to use. Because if it's not private by default, a lot of the normie conformies who want to just use a currency to exchange and don't want to get into the deets of how to use it privately, most people aren't going to use it privately, which means that you're going to stick out like a sore thumb if you do use it privately. And so there's a stat we could look up. Uh, how many Zcash transactions are private? I think it was like 3% or something like that. Like not many transactions are secret at all. And so if you're one of the only people using the private element of that, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb and it's not going to work. And so same thing with the coin joining thing. If not many people are using that to make their coins private on this ledger, which is intrinsically transparent and isn't private by default, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb and they have the algorithms to figure out who's using these kinds of services. And yeah. You're going to get caught, as we saw with Bitcoin Fog and others that went into in our Bitcoin mixing video. So if everyone, regardless of legality or privacy risk, coin joined just to do it, suddenly all the coins would be the same anyway. There is nothing to quote unquote enforce as only freshly minted BTC would legally then be handleable by such entities otherwise. A bit tough to enforce or make fees off of. Yeah, but nobody's going to do it. Nobody's going to do it. I mean, how many people do you know who are into Bitcoin know about coin joining or Bitcoin mixing services? Nobody. <laughs> like, nobody. But considering most of my normie pals, exactly, and they sold it early, whatever, Bitcoin is a bit effed at the moment. The king is losing his crown, but Prince Monero is ready to step up. Yep, and I don't think we're too far away from that. I don't think we're too far away from that. People are going to figure this out. And yes, you may have... Beta cucks like John Oliver be out there saying, oh, people are only going to use this for criminal activity. Like, do I look like a criminal, ladies and gentlemen? Like, look at my icons, and I'm not trying to be like that, but like, just, I'm not a criminal, <laughs> okay? And so, when people like me are going into Monero, because of what we're about to just get into here, and yeah, this guy's saying that exchange is like, Orwell, like, it's not going to be like, oh, like dark web bro i'm about to be buying some fentanyl and we're about to be making some deals with uh jose sanchez over in the south over in el south or what what is south in spanish i know norte is north in spanish but like i'm not that guy you know what i mean I, i'm into monero because a it's an actual currency and b it's private and i don't want what we're about to get into get involved with me so just take a look at this here 
like this is mind blowing. This is something that happened, I believe, over the weekend. Uh, NBC News. They had released some news as to some new protocols that Homeland Security is now abiding by, and potential terror threats consist of opposition to uh, their bug measures, claims of election uh, finagling, belief that Trump can be reinstated, anniversaries and religious holidays. Like, folks, this is real. <laughs> this, this is real. I'm, I'm, this, I'm not making this up right here. They actually put this out here. And so how many people fall under this camp? How many people fall into, the, into this category? Now, consider this. Trump, our previous president, is not allowed on Twitter. Yet, the people who just recently took over Afghanistan are allowed on Twitter. They have their own Twitter account. And so if they consider him somebody who can be deplatformed from all the social media websites... And now he's being linked into this kind of suspicious speculation on the behalf of the authorities, which links a lot of people into that speculation. Like, what could this mean? Right? And so I said, the governments have a history of blacklisting Bitcoin and Litecoin, as we're about to get into, and other addresses associated with their activity. As we mentioned in our vids, if that definition expands enough... There will be a flood out of surveillance coins into freedom coins. Monero, Pyrochain, et al. And our buddy, our buddy Patrick Friggins, he had said, we don't have to wait long for that expansion of the definition to happen. And you could say it's already happening. And so that is major, major bullish for Monero. Like major bullish. If you're somebody who understands all this stuff and you see this, that is a prime indicator that this shift is going to be happening, which I think, again, is why they're sending John Oliver out there to talk down Monero. Like, I think that things are happening, ladies and gentlemen. There are things happening that we're seeing glimpses of, but it may take another couple months for us to really start to confirm that there is a trend now going to be happening from the public blockchains into the private ones. So, a few more things to go over here. Uh, U.S. Treasury OFAC blacklist crypto addresses of Chinese narcotics kingpins. Okay, so let me just take a drink real quick. So, these guys were trafficking and they had blacklisted a number of Bitcoin wallets and Litecoin wallets. OFAC published the numerous addresses used by the individuals to conduct illicit businesses in order to limit any further conduct in the U.S. So, they've done it. They've done it before, right? So... Excuse me. That is something to consider. This marks the second occasion. Now they are calling it an emerging pattern. This marks the second occasion of OFAC publishing cryptocurrency addresses to blacklist. Okay, so there's already a precedent for this. 
OFAC was publishing wallet addresses and presumably is now, because that's part of the protocol, to identify illicit actors operating in the digital currency space. Right? So this is from Ethereum World News. As of the release, all U.S. entities must shut down accounts listed with those addresses. So listed with those addresses means they're going to look at the history of the blockchain and they're going to see who it was that had contact with these addresses. And if you are within a certain number of hops of transactions from these addresses, you could be flagged and your coins could be flagged and you may not be able to sell these coins onto the exchange, even though you may have had no idea any of this was going on. And that is a problem. Like that is a serious problem for crypto. Like the fact that that phenomenon can take place, ladies and gentlemen, should already destroy Bitcoin as a currency. It, it is, it, it's not fungible as a currency. Like the moment that this happened, Bitcoin should have went to zero. <laughs> like it should have went to zero. But people don't get cryptocurrency again, as we went through in our last video. Bitcoin is a meme. Dogecoin is a meme, and that's why Dogecoin is worth forty billion dollars. Like people think that these things have value, when really they're just involved in gambling on a giant casino. So that is what is happening. So let's get to our next article here. Specially designated nationals and blocked persons list. SDN human readable list. So this is released by the U.S. Department of Treasury. So this is updated last week as part of its enforcement efforts. OFAC publishes a list of individuals and companies now owned or controlled by or acting for or on the behalf of, and that is kind of fudgy, acting for on the behalf of. Who knows if you are ha receiving funds from these addresses, from these individuals or companies, and you don't know what it is they're involved in, but you could be accused of being involved with whatever it is that they're involved with. Maybe they're using you and you don't even know it as some kind of person to, you know, launder money or something, and you don't know it. So you could get the eye of Sauron placed upon you. It also lists individuals, groups, and entities, such as traffickers and such, designated under programs that are not specifically associated with any country. Collectively, such individuals and companies are called specially designated nationals, or SDNs. Their assets are blocked and U.S. persons are generally prohibited from dealing with them. So that is just an overview straight from the Treasury. And this article is key, guys. This article is key. And we're, we're about to lay down the main point here that I want to make sure that you guys understand. Or at least a main point. We've made some pretty critical points here. But this is just another angle with which to look at this fungibility problem and sort of what's going on here. So let's get into this. This is written by Joe Sisolo. Thank you, Joe. Uh, or Andrew Hinks. I'm, I'm not sure. Sorry. With one just one paragraph, an agency of the U.S. government may have just radically altered the, the dynamics of the cryptocurrency ecosystem. Right. And so just as I said, as soon as this happened, Bitcoin should have went to zero. Because it's not a currency. It, it's not a legitimate currency. Now, they're trying to fix the privacy and all that, which 
means that they're trying to fix the fungibility. But a lot of this privacy stuff, again, is going to have to be opted into. And if it's not opted into, then the protocol fundamentally is not private and therefore not fungible, right? So the Office of Foreign Asset Control, OFAC, announced on March 19th that it was considering including digital currency addresses associated with its list of persons and entities with whom U.S. persons and businesses are forbidden to transact business. In a new section of its website labeled Questions About Virtual Currency, OFAC noted that it may add digital currency addresses to the SDN list to alert the public of specific digital currency identifiers associated with a blocked person. Now, remember what we went through with our political blacklist video uh, with the America First guy. I don't even know if you could say his name on YouTube. But the FBI literally stole $500,000 out of his bank account because he went to a Trump rally in Washington. He did nothing illegal. He did nothing wrong. But the FBI decided unilaterally that they were just going to take his funds out. Now, if you don't think that they would also block his crypto addresses and blacklist his crypto addresses so that nobody could do uh, business with them, I think that you are underestimating the trend here of what's happening. And as I've said in previous videos, the moment that happens, the moment that somebody's crypto address is blacklisted for political purposes, that will be a primary indicator, ladies and gentlemen, that the shift from these public blockchains to the private blockchains has begun. And it's going to be massive. Like once a critical mass is broken, it's going to be a panic to get into these things. I'm telling you, we are in the right spots. Just be patient. The list of SDNs includes individuals and entities associated with sanctioned governments, uh, terror tracking, uh, trafficking. And I'm self-censoring myself. I wish I could just read this stuff, but I'm just so worried about the algorithms uh, and illegal substance movement. This list includes varying types of records. Now, there's one thing I want to identify here. Boom, look at this, guys. This word right here. You notice something? You notice something? You notice something? Look at this, okay? And then look at this. These people blacklist cryptocurrency addresses for this. And look at the expansion of the definition. This is hyper-mega bullish for the coins that we're into. Hyper-mega bullish. Like, the fact that people haven't woken up to this yet, it just blows my mind. Now, Dogecoin is up 11% today. So, again, it's just more gambling's happening. People aren't getting into the right spots like we are. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's just hilarious. <laughs> it's just hilarious. We're so ahead of the curve, guys. It's just unbelievable. Financial institutions would be required to screen any virtual currency address provided for a transaction against a list to be provided by OFAC. Now, is this list public or is this list given to these regulated institutions? And you can't even know if persons that you're dealing with are on this list. Because what if you send funds to somebody that you politically support, but they end up being on that list? And then you end up being implicated. Your coins end up being blacklisted. You can't sell these coins. You can't transact these coins for other cryptos. And then you just lose all your money. <laughs> like, think about that. Think about that. 
and to either report, deny service to, or block transactions involving any listed addresses. So, yeah, that's, that is wild. OFAC is operated by the Department of Treasury, which we talked about. So, this is huge. This is just huge, guys. There is an appeal process available. Yeah, whatever. By appealing you... How long would that take? By appealing, you necessarily divulge your identity and contact information to OFAC, which means your address is then definitely linked to you, which gets rid of whatever pseudo-anonymous thing that you thought Bitcoin was. It's now completely linked to you, and they know who you are. They know what wallet is yours, and now any Bitcoins which go from that wallet to anywhere else is going to be linked with you. So... Yep, yep, yep. If you appeal, expect a long conversation with the regular, with the regulator. <laughs> that sounds exciting. Hey, how's your day, regulator? You just blacklisted, you know, a billion dollars of mine. <laughs> do you have a Monero account by any chance we could maybe do business with? And expect to provide evidence that you are not involved in whatever illicit activity is associated with that listed person or entity. So it'd probably turn into... Hey, my brother, would you mind just unlocking my account for like a day? Would you mind sending me your Monero address? Like maybe we could sell an arrangement. <laughs> you know, I imagine that would be what happens. Um, Taint by association. Now, this is key, guys. Just listen to this. What happens if you receive a transaction from a listed digital currency address? It is possible that the received coins would then be tainted as being linked back to a listed individual or entity and that your identity and digital currency address then may be added to the OFAC list. Let me just make sure I'm recording. It is unclear as to whether OFAC intends to add new addresses that send receive coins to or from listed public key addresses. Now, read that again. Read this again, guys. It is unclear whether OFAC intends to add new addresses that send or receive coins to or from listed public key addresses. So it's not just <laughs> it's not just you receiving tainted funds. It's you sending your funds to an address maybe you don't even know has tainted coins and then boom, your coins end up being tainted that you just sent and your address may end up on this list. <laughs> I mean, guys. This is so key. This is so Orwellian, frankly. I, I can't believe this even exists. And Adam Back himself, who is like the permeable Bitcoin guy who is behind the Blockstream team and is like rumored to be Satoshi Nakamoto or whatever, like he has even said Bitcoin's fungibility is worse than PayPal because of this stuff. Are you guys beginning to see why it is goofy? Why Monero is $5 billion in market cap? And Bitcoin is $870 billion and Dogecoin is $42 billion? Guys, everybody's missing this. Nobody understands this. This is huge. <laughs> like The flows that are going to be going into these currencies, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Dude, when people wake up to this, it's going to be, Katie, bar the door, look out below. Seriously, like, because if you hold these private cryptos, are you going to be, when you know all this stuff, wanting to trade 
your Monero, your private crypto, your fungible, beautiful, private Monero crypto, the glory of all crypto, to somebody who wants to exchange that for Bitcoin? <laughs> like, the liquidity crunch is going to be epic. Because the people in these freedom coins that we call it, people in Darrow, people which I was in... The Trade Ogre Markets today, checking out Darrow. I think Darrow looks particularly attractive at the moment. But if you're in Darrow, if you're in Monero and you understand this dynamic, you're not going to want to give up your coins for much of any price. And so the value of Monero, it's not only going to go through the roof, it may be unobtainium. Like you may not be able to get these currencies. Now, the fantastic thing about that, why that would be super hyper mega bullish for the Monero network is because people would then do what? They'd then start mining Monero just to get whatever access they can to it, to get whatever hands they can onto it. And so that means more people mining the blockchain, which means more security, which means lower transaction costs, more liquidity. I mean, guys, like I can't communicate to you guys how bullish i am on monero <laughs> i mean it's just it's going to go nuclear and i'm so excited that we're at the tip of the spear on this i'm so excited that our community is awake to all this because nobody else is like we are so ahead of the curve ladies and gentlemen on, on all this it your mind has to be a little bit blown right now with all this that's happening and i'm sorry to be hyping the stuff up the way I am. I probably sound like the Max Kaiser of Monero right now, but seriously, just consider all this. Just consider all this. It's crazy. It's goofy. So let's continue here, and I think that's, you know, the main point I want to make. You could read into all this stuff later. Um, but yeah, this Tannis Association stuff... How likely is it that the transaction is reported? Transaction should be reported if it passes through or is disclosed to an entity that has an obligation to check for OFAC compliance. And the Senate and the Congress in general are going to be pushing in a bill, which is going to make that compliance requirement extend to a lot of people. And it could not just be exchanges, ladies and gentlemen. It could be extended to node operators, to miners, to people who uh, have DEXs, hard wallets, soft wallets. Now, the speculation is that with the regulations coming out, there's going to be IRS guidance. There's going to be guidance from the Treasury to make all this make more sense. But look, Janet Yellen is the, she's the head of the Treasury. And she was the ex-head of the Federal Reserve. She is the bankster queen. <laughs> and they're rolling out their digital currency soon. And Monero and these other cryptocurrencies are competitors to that currency, especially the stablecoins, which is why I think Haven's going to be a pretty interesting project to look into. I'm not saying that you should dive into Haven. It It's had some problems recently, so I'm still myself speculated or speculative about it. But if it comes out and it succeeds in its implementation of a private stablecoin, it's going to be huge. But uh, yeah, the regulatory compliance is going to expand. The forensics analytics companies are going to increase their capacity to see whether or not people are complying with this. And if the definition of a broker expands, 
and the definition of who is involved in this stuff expands, listen, guys, you are going to be trapped. You're going to be trapped. And I'm going to make another video this week about unrealized capital gains taxes. I made a video earlier last week about that. And that's a key video, guys. You just have to watch that. If they come out with unrealized capital gains taxes, again, that's super, that's super hyper mega bullish for Monero. People are going to just dive into it like there's no tomorrow. People are going to get out of these currencies because think about it. If you own Bitcoin, just let me make this quick point. If you dive into Bitcoin and you're holding these assets on a public blockchain where the authorities can see how much you have and they can see whether or not you're paying your taxes, if they come out with unrealized capital gains taxes, which look at our video, there's already a movement to make that happen, then what's going to happen is your nominal gains are going to be taxed every single year. And if you're making more than a million dollars, and Joe Biden gets his way with increasing the top rate of the short-term capital gain and the long-term capital gain, I think he's going to change to about 40%, okay, you're going to be paying huge amounts of taxes to the government. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't abide by the law. I'm not saying you shouldn't pay your taxes. But think about this. If you are trying to escape inflation by holding Bitcoin because you think erroneously that that's a store of value, which is absurd, which we've talked about again many times on this channel— then here's what's going to happen. Inflation could be going through the roof, which means the value of your Bitcoins are nominally going through the roof. Does that mean that the value of the Bitcoin in real terms is going up? No, it's just going up in nominal terms in most cases, especially if the adoption phase is through. And so if your Bitcoin to adapt to inflation goes from $50,000 to $100,000, even though the real value hasn't changed because everything else is going up around you because inflation is affecting the price of everything. Well, if they have unrealized capital gains taxes, you're going to have to pay $50,000 of taxes on that unrealized gain. And even though that's not an increase in real gain, it's just an increase in nominal gain, you're going to have to pay tax on that. And as your Bitcoin continues to index inflation, you're going to have to pay a fee to the government if they come out with unrealized capital gains taxes, which I think they are, which means your wealth is going to get sucked out of your wallet. Literally. It's going to be vacuumed out through these unrealized capital gains taxes. And who knows, if they make these uh, requirements to where if, where you have to deposit quarterly your expected tax at the end of the year, which you have to do if you're a sole proprietor because you have to pay estimated taxes. I mean, literally, like you holding these funds in these public blockchains is literally going to be like the government sucking your money out of your soul. <laughs> like, they're just going to be vacuum cleaning it out of you like Luigi in a mansion. Like, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's not going to make any sense to hold that stuff. So, guys, everything's coming together. Everything is really coming together. Uh, Pompliano made a tweet today. Bitcoin is at $890 billion market cap. We are still so early. And my response, ladies and gentlemen, this is my final point of the day. Monero is at a is less than $5 billion. So let's do some quick math on that. So, uh, calculator. So, 890 divided by 5. That's 178x for Monero to flip Bitcoin. 178x. X. X. If you're interested in the gains. That is, I think, what you could be looking at. So we'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Those are all the points that I want to make for this video today. 
I want to thank again everyone for coming to Odyssey to check me out. Um, I need a haircut. <laughs> I, I thank everybody for coming to Odyssey to check me out there. Uh, I thank everybody for coming to Rumble, even though I don't like Rumble as much. But uh, the censorship is not that big a deal. We'll find other places which don't censor us. And again, follow me on Gab. You, we can talk about whatever the hell we want to on Gab. Nobody's going to censor us for anything. Gab, uh, Twitter. I haven't really dealt with much censorship on Twitter. I've talked with a lot of great people on Twitter. Some very smart fellows. I got into this really philosophical conversation. This really philosophical conversation with somebody on Twitter. I love the people on Twitter. They're great. Uh, the people that are left anyway, not banned. So uh, yeah, take a look at all this stuff. Seriously, Monero is going to be huge. Just everything's coming together, and I keep hearing murmurings whispers from beyond that a lot of people are ditching Bitcoin for Monero. Like the really smart ones, the guys who are ahead of the curve, the guys who got into Bitcoin and Ethereum like back in 2011, back in 2012, before everyone thought it was going to be a thing. These people are now going to Monero. These people are now going to Darrow and Pirate Chain, some of these others. And this sector, and I'll show it to you again. We went over it. This sector, this privacy coin sector, what I like to call freedom coin what I like to call true cryptocurrencies because surveillance coins aren't true cryptos because if it's not private on the base layer, then it's not fungible, which means it's not an actual currency as we go through. Uh, they're going to be huge. Like astronomic movements are going to happen. Like this is going to be the second great crypto evolution. The first great crypto awakening was when people figured out, oh, wait, Bitcoin's going to be a thing. Holy crap. Like these public blockchains are going to be the future of money. The second great awakening is going to be, oh, wait, these blockchains are, are better when they're private, especially when they involve finance. Now, I know that there are other public blockchains out there which do things other than finance, and that doesn't bother me. Like Cardano, they do a lot of things that involve information storage and transfer for third world countries, which I think is great. Uh, so that being a public blockchain doesn't really bother me. And there are others that I could mention. But when it comes to finance, when it comes to the exchange of value, when it comes to something trying to be money, it's got to be fungible, which means it has to be private, has to have low transaction costs, has to, excuse me, oh goodness, has to be scalable, and it has to have everything Monero has. <laughs> and so, um, guys, again, we are super hyper mega bullish on this stuff. It's just going to be huge. Um, so that's that's all I want to say. I hope that you guys got some value from this video. Again, this is Monero Mateo. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, check me out again on Gab, Twitter, Rumble, Odyssey. Odyssey is going to be the main one that I go to, ladies and gentlemen. And again, thank you to our friend who donated some tokens to us. He did all of us a service so that I could upload all my videos to Odyssey and upload even more videos. Um, so thank you again. And if you guys want to donate, uh, Darrow, Pirate Chain, and Monero, I have those addresses below. Um, so thank you. Thank you guys for continuing to tune in. We've got a really strong community here and I'm excited for our future together. So you guys take care. God bless.